Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 8 of the Rock and Road Podcast. This is Leona Graham. Thank you for listening. This week I try out a Honda HRV 1.5 Hybrid. You can hear my whole chat from the Women in Moto exhibition I went to recently where I had a good conversation with Ruby Rides, who is an established biker with 135,000 followers on Instagram and known as a biker influencer, and also with Kendria Evans, who is at the very beginning of her biking journey, and she's known as Honda and Her on her Instagram. Here our whole chat on this very podcast. I also went to the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. I'll tell you about that, my experience of it, including the journey and getting there and just about everything, really. But first of all, that Honda car on the Rock and Road podcast. I'm currently sitting in a Honda HRV, newly designed to appeal to consumers through a mix of desirability, functionality, and usability. That is what the promotional sheet tells me. Well, I've been experiencing it for myself and I must say it's been a beautiful drive. I did a nice long journey from Wimbledon up to Tutbury Castle, up the M40, and the cruise control on this is fantastic. You can set that up to do, say, 70 miles an hour, uh, put the steering wheel control on as well. So you, you hold the steering wheel, but it keeps you within your lane and a certain distance from the car in front. If somebody swerves in front of you it will break for you and everything so it made the journey really relaxing not so relaxed that I fell asleep but not sort of tired and drained like I normally feel after a three-hour drive and of course I went there and back in one day six hours came home and felt quite refreshed so lots of points for the cruise control like it very much on the exterior of this car it's really nice looking the main thing for me is the really big high up grille at the front it's color matched as well so it's not chrome or black or anything it matches the rest of the car but it's nice and chunky and you can see the bonnet when you're driving the car which i really like i actually thought this car was a two-door when i first got it but the back door door handles are disguised very cleverly into the door frame price of this particular model which is all souped up about thirty-two thousand. you can get them cheaper than that without all the added extras though actually i'm just going to stand outside the car right now because i want to tell you about the enormous wing mirrors which are fantastic great visibility on them uh, this one is a white but it's kind of got a, a sheen to it which makes it an unusual looking white i'd say silvery white petrol cap you have to open that at the driver's side with a little lever which i didn't know the first time i got petrol i actually had to drive off because i felt embarrassed and went back to it <laughs> went back a bit later Okay, getting back in, lovely little welcome noise when you sit in the car. When you start it up, there's no sound because it starts in electric mode. This is a hybrid, so it uses the electric to start up and when you first pull away, so lovely and quiet. Got a nice lever to adjust the seat height. That's going up and down, and one for the backrest. Again, on a lever. Steering wheel can go at various different heights. A lovely chunky steering wheel, lots of button controls on the steering wheel itself, including the cruise control and the radio and DAB section, volumes and things. There is a mixture of a screen and physical buttons. I think it's important to have some buttons as well so that you've got quick and easy access to things like the air conditioning. 
Looking at the centre console area, the USB points on the left and right for the driver and passenger are higher up than normal. Usually they're quite low down. I think this is better having them higher because often you have your phone on the window, on a holder or coming off the air vents. Although hard to put a phone holder on these air vents because they've just got one slit. The air vents are getting sleeker and sleeker in design and it's harder and harder to attach your phone to them. This is a 1.5 litre petrol hybrid front wheel drive, 130 horsepower. Loads of enhanced safety features on this. Hill descent control, enhanced HD camera, advanced driver assist system. But let's check out the what they describe as exceptional driving dynamics. Nice big gear lever, not a little piddly thing. Good size. Put it into drive. Handbrake is a little piddly button, but that's standard these days on newer cars. All right, let's pull off the drive. It's in electric mode again. You can really feel the lovely chunky tires just glide over all the ramps and bumps on this road. So smooth to drive. Another car that I shall really miss when it goes back. It's hard for you to imagine that I am actually driving because it's so quiet in the electric mode. Oh, the engine's kicked in now, you can hear that. This has regenerative brakes so that you can charge up the electrics in that way, which is pretty good. It's even got in-car Wi-Fi capability. Pulls away pretty quickly as well. Nought to 60 in around 10 seconds. Now one thing you notice when you're driving this at higher speeds, if you put down the accelerator or you're going fast on the motorway, is when the petrol engine kicks in, it kind of makes this revving noise, like the clutch is almost slipping a bit. It's a little bit weird. Um, definitely, if you're test driving this, take it out, put your foot down, and you will see what I mean. It doesn't actually affect the performance of the car. It's just a strange noise which I'm going to try and capture for you now. You see what I mean? It did this huge rev like I was going really fast, but I wasn't actually going any faster. The car was just making a load more noise. I guess we have to expect these kind of things with the hybrids. The engines work differently. I'm in the car with the kids. We have Dexter and Harley as usual and their cousin Bella. Great. Guys, what do you think of the car? I think it's really nice actually. Yeah, it's quite nice. I like the um, design. Dexter, how are you finding this car? It's very comfortable and I can't believe it's so smooth. Is it electric? Well, it's half and half. Oh, mystery. Like it. Harley, what do you think of the car? Um, it's quite good in the design, but one of its flaws is um, the middle seat is raised for some reason, and um, the seat belt it comes from the ceiling, which is fine, but then um, it has to go behind um the right passenger seat belt, and then once it goes over, it goes behind the left passenger seat belt. What? Even I'm confused. Well, it just goes behind the other seatbelt. So, like, if someone's in, if like a child is in one of like the high chairs, it's like underneath there. 
So it's kind of awkward. Yes. Have you found it awkward, Bella, trying to do the seatbelt? Yes, very yes, awkward. Yes, exactly. Hang, hang on a minute. I'm asking Bella. <laughs> Have you found it awkward, Bella, doing the seatbelt? Yes, actually, it's quite awkward. It's very stupid. Thank it's you, Dexter. Thank you. And also, um, for the middle seat and the left hand, it's like so confusing because it's like mine's twisted up with Dexter's. Mm. So it's just it takes a while to put the seatbelt in. Yes, there has been a bit of kerfuffle with the seatbelts. Um, good things as well about the back, though, is that you've got your own individual lights, as demonstrated by Dexter. Little touch lights for the two side passengers. Not Bella in the middle, though. No. Okay, then, guys, and let's end on a positive note. What's good about the back area? It has chargers. Yes, it, it does. It has cheese nuts. And I think it has some air conditioning down here, doesn't it? Right. It has air conditioning, has chargers. What more do you need? Is it um, no. Are there heated seats at the back? No. No, no there's not. Okay, well, I did want to end on a positive note there, so let's try again. Uh, what's good about the back, please? Nothing! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing! <laughs> no, we do like the car, really. Okay, that was the Honda HRV 1.5i MMD Advance Hybrid. And see the photographs on the socials. Now, when I did use that car, I went up to Tutbury Castle for the Women in Moto exhibition, which is a fantastic day out. I highly recommend it if you get an opportunity to go next year. But I had a chat with a couple of bikers there. I'm joined by Ruby Rides and Kendria. Hi. Hello. Hi, nice to see you again. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yes. So we're going to talk about a few things today. But obviously, first of all, I want to know um, about your biking life. Um, we'll start with you, Ruby. You're an experienced rider. Can you sort of summarise it for us? Um, so I started riding nine years ago uh, on a CBR 125 and I slowly built my confidence to ride the bikes that I ride now. Um, I have a Kawasaki H2 supercharged uh, and I have an S1000RR HP4 and an RS3 4100 um, but yeah I have enjoyed every minute of riding really it's the best thing that a woman can get into um, and actually my first five bikes were Hondas CBRs <laughs> brilliant so what made you start in the first place um, I've always been a petrol head and I wanted something that that is a bit more challenging and a little bit more you know exciting um, so I googled how to get a, a motorbike license um, and then I did my CBT and slowly um, you know had a one to five for a bit and got my full license so and then you've gone on to become an influencer with over 130,000 followers on Instagram yeah how did you go from being a biker to an influencer um, to be honest it never started off as I never had the intention to make it what it is now and I think back in the day when I started it wasn't the the whole bike influencer thing wasn't really um, a thing you know well and I it, don't even think there yeah. was Instagram was there yeah. <laughs> it was actually was no, it, it just launched I think like, right. yeah a year or so ago uh, before before I passed but I, I remember as soon as I passed my CBT I rode every single day in any weather because I just wanted to get that experience and I had no experience at all I didn't know any bikers just wanted to get the time on the bike because I knew that was the way to make it second nature and to, to mm. feel comfortable and confident um, but I used to share my pictures um, of my you know my bike 125 um, and slowly slowly it got traction there wasn't many girls showing their bikes on, on social media and I think gradually it just you know it got traction and 
people were more drawn to the fact that there's a lady that is riding a bike um, and yeah and slowly slowly brands were more interested to work with me and now it's become my full-time job and I love it really that's incredible isn't yeah. it what a story <laughs> um, and Kendria you're quite the contrast you're a new absolutely, biker absolutely yes yes so I tell mean, us about your biking journey yes um, I decided um, my son had left school started college and I was looking for a hobby that wasn't pink fizz and brunch really I yeah. wanted something something different I've always been a mum they've always come first now that he needed me less I wanted something exciting something mm. something yeah. for me um, he had a 50cc motorbike he was only 16 past a CBT and one day I said William I could ride this on my grandfather rights on my license because I'd passed so long ago yeah. to which he replied this is a motorbike mum you could never do it Aww. and right then and there I decided <laughs> you little sod <laughs> I can and I will and yeah, from yeah. then it, yeah it's just happened so when was this this was yes he did his um, I think it was around about um, May March of last year so just after the lockdown and then I did my CBT obviously we had another lockdown so I did my CBT in March this year picked up my new bike in April and yes um, I'm only 373 miles in wow. but they're all my miles and yeah. I'm really proud of myself I've really done amazing that's incredible so, yes I mean what a start to your biking journey <laughs> yeah. a, that's another great story um, I'm slightly different I did mine for commuting reasons I work and live in London and I'm a bit of a petrol head as well but I just wanted to overtake the traffic yeah. but yes. what's the quickest way to do this it's on a motorbike <laughs> yeah. so that's why my motivation was yeah. and I currently ride an NC 750X DCT Nice. Uh, which is a Honda. Um, so your current bikes, you've told us all your current bikes, have you? I have a little, um, I've called him Hawk. He's a <laughs> CBF125. Nice. Um, he's perfect for me because he's, he's, he's not lowered or anything, but he's just the right size for me. At first I was quite worried I wouldn't be able to touch the floor. And I can't obviously do flat foot, mm. but now after the 373 miles, mm. I can bob from each side you know yeah. it's perfect it's a perfect bike for me mm. i'm glad you mentioned height because it's one of the things that um we often get asked when we say we're bikers i don't know if this is your experience but you know how can women be bikers we're not tall enough yes, often yeah. um so what's your answer to that i'll start Honestly, with you ruby um, personally i have never encouraged women to lower their bikes especially sports bikes i feel naked are sports bikes they are designed to corner and handle with the height that they come with a stock yes right when you're first starting up, I feel like it may be important to feel more confident by having your feet down, and you're not going to be racing when you're first starting up. But if you are looking to upgrade to a more, uh, you know, more performance and more power, leave it as it is. You'll be surprised how quickly you get used to it. Yes. And it, you know, you don't see uh, sh slightly shorter men worry too much. You never see men complain. Oh, that might be too tall for me. But us girls, you know, I've, I've come across girls five six, five seven. They're like, mm, might be too short for me it might be too tall for me because i'm too short right i'm five four with inside leg 28 inch i'm petite yeah. right and i've never lowered my bikes and the rsv4 one is tiptoeing the other is a foot off the ground <laughs> like that and honestly you get used to it and i don't encourage it i know some people say that if you want to feel more confident then do it i feel like it changes the handling um and i think it's it's such it's exaggerated in our heads really because people make such a big deal about it but you see racers like Pedrosa he's five foot nothing and he, he's on really tall race bikes so 
That's really yeah. encouraging to hear, isn't it? Um, for us, I mean, I'm newish, not as new as you, but um, I was 2018 when I started. So it's encouraging to hear that actually we don't need to be worried about that kind of thing. What yeah. do you think about that, Kendra? I just thought, um, again, I had no experience with the bike and I thought I had to have my feet down flat for mm. almost stability or, or to make myself feel better. And I think back to when I first started driving, I, I'm only size three in shoes and I can't, My I can put the clutch in, obviously, in a car and my foot doesn't rest on the on the car I'm yeah. always in the air so what was the difference what was the difference I've I've learned it this way and even if they say now I could lower the bike you know I could have that lowered no I've managed to do it yeah. despite this yeah. and it's made me I'm so good at um, slow riding in first because I don't always put my foot down you know the camber of the road so yeah. no it wasn't at first I thought it would really stop yeah. me but absolutely not but having no. this knowledge that you've just explained to us as well Ruby is not necessarily out there because the biking community is a statistic for you in the Honda world 91% of bikers are uh, men so yes. we don't have those role models as much. I mean, we have you on Instagram, but mm. it's not out there in the mainstream to encourage people and to give us that information and that confidence. Yeah. Do you think it's a confidence thing? It's a, I think it's like um, you mentioned, you thought it would be a hurdle, yes. right? But yeah. it's, it really isn't. And I think because maybe there's lack of role models, maybe it's something that we just assume that it's not going it's not going to work for us is the, if the bike is too tall. Um, of course, I've, I've come across girls that, you know, are four foot ten. And it, it really is impossible for them to put either of their yeah. feet down. So it's fine. To, so how do they manage? Uh, well, I actually know a girl who was adamant not to lower her bike and she didn't. And she's absolutely fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the other issue as well as heights, one that I've heard a lot is, oh, that's too heavy for you. How do you yeah. respond to that? Again, Danny Fedrosa, Mark Marquez weigh like 50 kgs right and we I weigh more than that so do you know what I mean <laughs> yes, like it's, yeah. yeah what does that mean what has weight got anything to do with it because the bike is always going to be heavier than than us it, yes it, it's it's not you know you don't have to be a big bloke to handle a big bike <laughs> on one of my first commutes in fact my first commute to my radio show one morning and I was already running late couldn't find anywhere to park I went in a multi-story car park and in my panic I dropped the bike um, and I didn't know what to do about it now there are techniques which I think you've shown us on your Instagram yeah. page of how to pick it up and it's not about yeah. strength is it it's technique. technique exactly interestingly as well um, I know for a fact that Honda do um, seat height options for the adventure bikes for the Africa Twin. I think that's a nice option as well because it doesn't change any of the um, me anything mechanical or any of the ergonomics of the bikes uh, because they have carved seats. Yeah. So it, it's, you're not actually lowering it from the. Okay, so you're frame. literally just lowering the lowering. seats. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect, so isn't it? What a great I think solution. The MT maybe has that as well. I'm not yeah, sure. my bike uh, yes. I think is also the latest model is slightly lower, and I've yeah. noticed that, and I quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice um, to have that option, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And what do you both like about biking, if you could summarise it? I'll start with you, Kendria. Um, I like the fact that I can do it, despite people saying, you're right, you're learning to ride. Yes, I am, and I, and I can. And each time, I may not go far, I might only do 10 miles or 20 miles, and I'm so proud of myself. You know, and you, you enjoy it when you're out I'm, there. I enjoy it. I've never whooped so much. I don't whoop in the car, and I'm, I'm riding along, and you know, I'm doing 60 miles an hour, and I'm whooping. That's fantastic yeah. to hear. Yes. Um, yeah. And I should mention as well, you've got your Instagram page, which you started called Honda and Her. Honda and Her. That's, That's great. Right, yes. That's great. Yes. And Ruby, what do you like about biking? How can you summarise it? Pretty much what she said. <laughs> the feeling, <laughs> whooping, whooping. The, the feeling that it gives you, but not only that, and you mentioned this as well. 
it breaks stereotypes. You broke stereotypes to your son. Yes. Because he said you can't do it. You're, yeah. you're, a, you're, you're a woman. woman. You're my mum. Yes. You can't ride a bed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you break stereotypes. You It's, it's actually quite educational to, to people to see, uh, um, you know, women of all ages and all um, builds. You know, if you're petite, if you're tall, doesn't yeah. matter. It's a sport that doesn't, you know, when you see um, motorsport, not motorsport, sorry, a bike racing, you don't see them separating gender right yeah, it's yeah. not football or rugby mm. where they separate gender which tells you it's not much to do with your physical appearance and strength do you know what i mean it's a sport that doesn't rely on that so much of course you have to be fit to race but gender has nothing to do with your ability to Good ride point. a bike well yes i promise you that like any girl that's out who's out there that's doubting that it's got nothing to do with your physical strength or height or gender that's great to yeah. hear and uh, really interesting for you to point that out. Mm. Um, you and I did um, something for Honda last year with the rugby yeah, and we, uh, we both rode in on motorbikes bringing in the England rugby team, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, which is normally quite a masculine thing to do. Yeah. We were the first women to do this. Wow, yeah, um, good. I just want to bring up one thing. When we got off our bikes, yes. we parked up, no, a guy came over to you, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. What did he say? He said, I thought you were going to drop it then. <gasps> but, but the way I parked it up, I parked it up just like a normal person would park it up got yes. off the bike neutral just normal yeah. and I said to him what what did you say and he was like well oh it's just a joke he repeated it a couple of times uh. I literally turned away and walked off because I was gonna yeah, <laughs> I was not happy <laughs> would he have said that to us if we were blokes well no. that's the point that I wanted to raise about that I don't yeah. think that would have come Never. up no um, so there is an element of sometimes we feel a bit patronized would you agree um, somebody may, might make a comment like that would you agree um, I haven't found it at all. I mean, I am so new in this. Everybody that I've told I'm learning to ride, they all say, I wish my wife would, if their bike is especially, I wish yeah. my wife would do this. I wish my daughter would. You know, yeah. I've had a few messages from people who've said, my daughter's turning 17, she wants to do her CBT. You know, you've given her the confidence now. If, if you can do it at 44, then she can do it at 17. Mm. And, you know, that. that's, so that's really so positive. Really and maybe positive. it is turning a corner. Yeah. I mean, we have mm. events like this today, yeah. um, Women in Moto. Mm. You've been to one of these before, haven't you, Ruby? Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, can you sort of summarise what this event's all about? Well, uh, Women in Moto is organised by women for women. Um, and they, um, as you can see, there's so many different stands uh, and brands that cater for all bikers, including women. I mean, some of the stands are like for women only, like Motorgirl yeah. um, and Engine Hawk, who have a range of ladies' jackets. But it's nice to see um, events like this because it's uh, it's a great place for women to meet each other and to see what is on offer for them. Yeah. Uh, we've got Bike Safe, which is I highly recommend people to do a Bike Safe course, and they have Ladies' Days only. I've done I've done that, which was really really good course. Um, but yeah, I think uh, events like this encourages women to come together and it encourages, um, you know, br breaking stereotypes for women and, you know, sexism being one of the issues, I think, for many women, many, many biker women that I've met have said that they've encountered sexism at some point in their journey. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I've asked this question to my yeah. listeners, um, which I did on Twitter recently, um, about why they wouldn't start or people that have just started, they encountered that at the very first level, the training stage, <coughs> mm -hmm. and were made to feel um, awkward or embarrassed um, at the training day for yes. the CBT. Yeah. Has anybody experienced that? I, have, I know girls that have been sent away because they're either too short for the bike, for a 125, 
and and it's like well this is it's your job to cater for the customer yeah you don't say you to this for my bike or to that for cbt right yeah so it's yeah. not hard to, to drop a wanted yes. bike um but personally i when i did my cbt they wanted to put me on a ped and i i was adamant i wanted to automatically because i'm a woman i think they were encouraging me to land on a ped they said that's the safest way to start and i'm and i thought well I don't want to be safe I just want to know how to ride a bike properly but personally at every stage in my journey I've encountered sexism and for some girls most girls have would agree with this in in their own journey but some you know a few girls that have said well we didn't you know we didn't encounter anything and that's great and I, I hope one day that we can have you know more than 50% of women that will say we never encountered anything everyone's yeah. really supportive yeah it's yeah. not been the case for me personally but yeah, everyone's different, I guess. Yeah, and it's good to touch on those subjects just to acknowledge them. Yeah. And we're just, as you say, hoping that it gets less and less and less. And events like this will really help with that. Yeah. It's also a place for people, uh, for women to to approach, you know, and say, I want to start and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And perhaps you could give me some advice. And Honda as well have been doing, a, a, trying to approach this subject more and more to make women feel more confident about coming forward, saying, I'd like yeah. to be a biker. Um, I mean, how do you think we can encourage women into biking? I mean, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? What mm. do you suggest? Kendria. I, I think um, being out there, join all the meets, you mm. know, join the social medias, put yourself out there, mm. I think. And don't be afraid to, you know, yeah. to join up yeah. and just to turn up on your own and mm. say, Hi, here mm. I am. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got every right to be there as much as any anybody, exactly. you know. I like that, yeah. Yes. Finding people that are like minded, yes. um, yes. maybe at events like this or online. Yes, I notice when I ride sometimes that I, I do feel a little bit bullied by, by people because I feel tiny, I feel very small, so I just make sure that I'm as big and as, you know, proud as I am, yeah. driving okay. a lot, riding along rather. Yeah. Um, you know, I've done this CBT, I've mm. got this new bike, I'm gaining the mm. skills, I've got every right to be here, and mm. if, if I hold you up for a second, so be it. Yeah, yeah good Not for you. Yes. It's yes. a really good mentality. And what do you think, Ruby, how can we encourage more women into biking? Um, providing more accessible information. So when I first started, I had no idea what was what. You know when you get your car license, it's so easy to know what yes. to do next. You apply yeah. for a provisional. You with bikes, I remember just not knowing what was what and not many, um, you know, every website explained it in a different way and, you know, restricted license, eight, I was like, what, am I restricted, am I not restricted? <laughs> um, so having more accessible information, having events like this that even non-biker girls or guys can can uh, come to and find information for themselves, mingle with bikers and manufacturers and brands uh, to find information, the correct information on <laughs> what to do. <laughs> and um, uh, I think... Businesses and companies, brands and manufacturers should be considerate to being more approachable. Uh, dealerships should be more approachable, more respectful to women, not patronising any customer regardless of their gender. Um, not assuming that when a woman walks in, she's after a one two five, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I was saying to um, I was saying to another lady earlier on that one of my bikes. I'm not going to say which one. When I went in to buy it, I knew I wanted to buy it. I wasn't going to test ride it or anything. I was adamant that I was going to ride it. And he was like, so what are we looking for? ER650, which is fine. It's a great bike, but I knew I wanted the other mm -hmm. litre bike. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> I said, no, actually, I'm <laughs> getting that bike. He was like, oh, well, not, we're not allowing demo rides. I said, no, I don't want to ride it. I want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I think having a friendly approach um, to anyone that walks in and not judging anyone by their gender, by their size. 
Um, and so maybe the bigger companies reaching out to the actual sales floor yeah. and giving them some training yes. and yeah. saying, you know, your approach needs to be more like this. Yes, hundred percent, Leona. Yeah, my um, my local dealership, they have ladies. The two the two people there are, are ladies. Oh, Another one is I think four or five different ladies. So that's nice. And that's lots great. of them don't ride. And one of them did say to me recently, after seeing you on your first day, yeah. and I was thinking, I can't do this. And obviously I'd bought the bike, I was wow. I was ready. Mm. And she said she's always wanted to do it. And when I went back in to book the first service, she said, I'm doing it. After oh, seeing how far they yes. followed my page yeah. and things, and they've said it's not been easy for you, but you've you've carried on and Amazing. I'm doing it. So role so, models are important, yes. communication yeah. and education, yeah. I think, are really important Definitely factors. Educating uh, brands and educating people, bikers, <laughs> on being more f f friendly and more approachable and more inclusive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've had a really positive experience have, in I your have. journey, which is good news. So yes, it can happen. It can. Um, and, you know, me and you've had mixed experiences. Yeah. So I think sort of, you know, we, we've sort of covered all the areas of, mm -hmm. of different experiences and hopefully we can move forward in a positive way. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with events like this. So, you know, thank you for, for joining us oh, here at the Honda you. Women in Moto. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so, so much. much. Thank you. I'm now off to enjoy the rest of the show and we hope to see you here next year. And if you want to watch us having that exact conversation, it was actually filmed for Honda Motorcycles and you can watch the whole thing on the YouTube channel called the Honda Engine Room. You can find a link to that on the Rock and Road Pod socials right now. So last week I was able to go to the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert at Wembley Stadium. I didn't know I was going to go until a couple of days before. I got an email from the boss at Absolute Radio who said, look, I've got two tickets. One of them is for somebody from the social media team to go and do some footage, of course, to cover it for the Absolute Radio socials. And one DJ can go. And so you reply to me by five o'clock, you know, if you want to go. So I replied immediately, said, yes, I'd love to go. He said, obviously, if more than one DJ replies, we'll do a draw. I don't know if more DJs replied to that or whether I was lucky in the draw, but I ended up going. Now, obviously, normally when I go to a gig, I go with my partner. So it was a little bit weird going up to Wembley on my own. So I decided to go on the motorbike to save all the hassle of going on the train or taking the car. It turned out to be the best thing ever going on the bike. So I just rode straight up to the stadium and parked in a side street right next to the stadium because motorcycle parking, because motorcycle parking, is okay in that area I and mean, different boroughs have different rules but Brent Council are motorbike friendly so it was easy peasy. So I walked down from the bike to the stadium trying to find my entrance was a bit of a drama it said enter in the red zone so I went to the red zone but then it said oh you've got this special pass to have a drink in the guest area as well which was a different entrance turned out to be right right around the side so I must have done about 10,000 steps trying to find the other entrance to get my wristband for the guest bar and it said on the email come and have a drink in the guest bar we'll be there till 4.15 and that was the promoter I thought well, it would be nice to go and meet the promoter so I walked all the way there and then I got to a certain point and the security said oh you can't bring your rucksack any further than this great uh, that's probably my fault for not reading the small print on the tickets so I then walked all the way back to the motorbike to deposit my rucksack there and then just put everything I had in my rucksack like my phone and camera and things into my motorbike jacket I thought I'll wear that instead so in fact I was bringing in the same amount of stuff 
it was just on my person instead. Ridiculous, but those are the rules. Went all the way back and got to this bar at 4.15, just as the promoter was leaving. And he said, nice to meet you, but I'm going now to sit in my seats. I said, well, lovely to meet you too. And that was that. Went up to the bar, thought I'd get myself a drink. I thought, as it's the guest bar and I had a special wristband, I stupidly thought it was a free bar. So I thought, I'll order myself a beer and a lemonade and make myself a shandy, which is something I like to drink these days. And um, as he was pouring the lemonade, I thought, I don't know if it is free. So I said to him, is this a free bar? No, it's not. He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll just have the lemonade, seeing as you've started that. £4.50. £4.50 for a Sprite. I'm glad I stopped him there. Then I had to go and find my actual seat, which was, of course, right around the other side. So walked all the way round, found my seat. Please don't take this as moaning, because the whole thing was really exciting. I'm just telling you about the kerfuffle that was involved. Didn't mind, it was just a kerfuffle. So anyway, um, got to my seat, and I met the guy from our social media team, so I didn't feel quite so alone then. So me and him chatted throughout the thing, and it was great to share the experience with him. Now, for the actual gig, what I didn't know was the running order, and I said to Liam, who I was sitting next to, actually, don't tell me. I'm just going to enjoy it as it happens. And it was better in a way, the way it unfolded, because literally every time someone came on the stage, I was like, oh! No way, this person's here. No way, that person's here. Um, I was just absolutely blown away by the whole thing. Can you imagine my excitement when Brian Johnson came out and they started back in black? The Foo Fighters playing all the instruments, apart from the drums, which was Lars from Metallica. I mean, what a supergroup to end all supergroups. It was just fantastic. That is one of the many, many highlights. Obviously, you may have seen clips of some of the most emotional moments with Dave Grohl. Um, you may have seen clips of other bits, but just in my experience, it was just mind-blowing to see so many people coming together, making great music together and sharing the experience and I just felt constantly privileged to be there as a lot of you've said back to me as well that you felt privileged to be there maybe you were watching on the YouTube channel as well that was also an experience in itself watching at home at least you were sharing it with us live if you weren't able to see any of it there's plenty of clips on the absolute radio socials I've put a few photographs on my Instagram at Leonogram DJ but if you do get a chance try and watch the whole concert from start to finish it's six hours Long. Dave Grohl was on stage for the whole six hours. He was a legend, of course. And another highlight, Hot for Teacher with Justin Hawkins on vocals, Wolfgang Van Halen on guitar. Just brilliant. But a concert to go down in rock history and certainly one of the greatest things I've ever seen and witnessed in my entire life. That's it from the podcast this week. Please have a look at the pictures at Rock and Road Pod on the socials. You can always listen to me on the radio, Absolute Radio, and on the sound in New Zealand on Sunday afternoons. And I'll be back here with the next episode of the podcast very soon. Thank you for listening. <laughs>